Welcome to The Destined Life, a podcast about achieving the life that God has planned for you, which is The Destined Life. We discuss topics like God, church, relationships, health, finance, and so much more. I'm your host, Destiny Harris. Welcome to the Destined Life Podcast. I am so happy to be back here with another episode. I am your host, Destiny Harris. And today I am joined by some great people. They are uh, they are here. They're excited. They have some great things to say. I can't wait to get into the episode. Um, so Andre, uh, we have Andre here. Can you say hello to the audience? Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, next, we have Lamar. He is here. Can you say hello? Hi, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Um, and I look forward to learning. Yes. And we have Brian. Can you say hello? Hey, everyone. Definitely grateful to be here and looking forward to a great discussion. Yes, we have a great discussion on today. I know you all are excited about the episode. People have been asking me questions like, what are we going to do? But it's here. I was so happy to be talking with you all. I'm about to get all of the tea on the male perspective of dating. So I'm really excited about that. But before we get into dating, um, I want to ask you all um, what's going on with you. So right now for segment one, it's called Get It Off Your Chest. You all know this is a reoccurring uh, segment in our show where we just get it off our chest. Whatever we're feeling, we just go ahead and say it aloud. And I feel like this is uh, very helpful and it can help you to feel better when you just let go of what you're feeling. You just say it aloud. So I'm going to start off with Brian. Brian, what uh, what do you need to get off your chest right now? Um, feeling, feeling good. Um feeling positive. It's a new season of life for me. So um, I've been good. Just thankful for a spirit of consistency in, in all areas. I was just telling someone the other day, I believe if I want the best, I have to become the best. Um, and so really been working on myself. So I'm feeling good. Yes, that's good. That's good. Um, Andre, how are you feeling right now? Get it off your chest. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> I'm actually feeling kind of blessed because uh, I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts and uh, YouTubes and stuff like that. And it made me realize that I could bring something to the table that is different from what other people are bringing to the table and it could be very helpful. I never really realized that before. I always held myself back because I wasn't doing, you know, what other everybody else was doing. So... Now that, now that I realize that, you know, I have something to offer, I'm out there, I'm on just about every podcast, I've been on television shows, radio, all of that. So That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, Lamar, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. A little tired um, for myself. I'm a school administrator, so we just had our first week back. I'm actually in the Philadelphia area, so we were actually hit with the hurricane. Um, so there's a lot going on in our area, but um, overall, I'm just blessed that, you know, my home wasn't destroyed or anything like that. So, yes, thank God for that. Uh, everybody seems like they're pretty good. Oh, uh, you know, they're good so far. We're uh, That's good. I'm glad to I'm glad you all feel that way. I know for me right now, today is my birthday. Yes, we're recording on my birthday. I am 20 years old, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, I feel good. I'm glad to be doing what I love on my birthday. I know my family they were like, why are you having, why are you recording on your birthday? I'm like, well, this is what I love to do. So I'm all for it. Um, but I feel good today. And I feel, uh, I feel blessed right now to have uh, people around me that love me and that care about me and to be able to, um, most importantly, just do what I love and do what God wants me to do. I think that's amazing. And I love just, I want to make sure that I'm pleasing God. And I feel like I'm doing that. And I I think that's the best birthday gift ever. So um, I want to go ahead and get to the episode. 
we are talking about dating and we're hearing it from the male's perspective. I know that there, uh, there's a lot that has to, um, there's a lot going on with dating right now. A lot of people have these different views. They have these different feelings. You got some people who ain't dating no more because they just say, I'm done with it. And I just realized it's not for me. Um, but in 2021 is very different, you know, now uh, when it comes to dating and stuff. So I wanted to ask you all about romantic relationships uh, right now uh, what is the difference between dating now versus back then like back when your maybe your parents were dating or maybe just the earlier part when you first started dating you were back in college maybe to now what is the difference um anybody can go and jump in brian did you have something um i um you know, from what one thing I've noticed is that people um, used to take time in dating and really like invest. You know, personally, I believe that dating is research for a lifetime investment. And um, now, that, unfortunately, now there's a lot of casual dating, and um, and it's I think it's looked at differently than it was um, before. So um, to really get to know someone, you kind of have to go back to how things were done and take your time, you know. Even though we may live in a microwave, high, fast-paced society, it takes time to get to know someone and it takes time to really, like, um, you know, learn about someone. For sure, for sure. RJ, is there anything else you want to say to that? Um, how has uh, dating changed over the course of time? Well, when I coach people, one thing that I hear a lot is how men used to be more gentlemanlike. And, you know, they used to hold open doors, pull out chairs, and all that type of stuff. Pick you up at the door. They don't do that anymore. What I had told these people that confronted me with that is this. Ladies have all the power. What you tolerate will be exactly what will happen. You see, if a man doesn't have to work for it, then he won't. You understand? If he, if he feels that he has to open the doors and pull out chairs and all that type of stuff, he will. But you have to sit up there and demand it. If you just opening your legs and you know, for anybody, according to the vibe and all this type of stuff, that's exactly why that happens. Because they expect that now, as opposed to the opening doors and being a gentleman and meeting the parents and all that type of stuff. I like it. Lamaria, what do you feel about that? How do you feel like it's changed or do you feel like it's changed? Um, I definitely agree. Um, I sentiment with uh, Andre is saying I was definitely thinking about the standard, right? The standard has really changed. I could say for me, I know, you know, and I'm married, but back then at that time, you know, you really had to kind of work to get a girl's number. You would have to at least meet her mom or somebody in the family, um, you know, and you wasn't just going in their house, you know, even like that, you know, you had to bring her home at a certain time. So I remember that. Um, the only other thing I would add to that, though, is that the parent involvement in that as well, meaning the par our parents teaching it. And, you know, a lot of parents are not teaching how to date, um, you know, not telling their kids how to look for different things, um, you know, or even having those effective relationships with their kids so their kids will want to talk to them. You know, and let's be real, right? When we're growing up, we're a little hesitant to tell our parents who we like, who we're dating, so on and so forth. But as parents, I feel like we need to do a better job with actually building those relationships with our kids and teaching them early on the signs of how to find a husband or a wife. And thus, we wouldn't have a lot of issues that we have. I agree. I, I totally, that was, that was beautifully said. A lot of you all said some great, great points. Um, I want to ask you all, cause I know on the women's side, you know, we're talking to the women next week. So I know they're going to have a lot to say. So from the male perspective, do y'all feel like there's more pressure on y'all now or do y'all feel like it's less pressure or do you feel like it's the same? How do y'all feel uh, during the dating season? Do y'all feel like there's more pressure on you to do things or whatever? How do you feel? Uh, Lamar, you can go ahead and answer that one. Um, 
I would say there is a little bit more pressure, and, and this is why I would say that. You know, the Bible talks about man should have pretty much everything together to, you know, at least his spiritual, right? And he should have a house to provide for, you know, his future wife, so on and so forth. But I do feel like sometimes it's put a lot of pressure. Like the man should have everything. Like he's supposed to be a millionaire. He's supposed to have all these cars. And yet the, the wife is, or the potential wife, this doesn't need to have anything. And that's not all the way accurate. It's not all about the money or she has to have, you know, a mansion as well. But you guys should be coming together to build. And I think sometimes they focus more on the man just building. And, and it is our job to lead our household. But it's also in partnership with a wife. And I think we need to both come together and realize that we both need to have that standard of you should be bringing something as well. It's not just money, but just the spiritual as well as, you know, empowering each other to grow together. I love that. Um, Brian, what do you feel? I do feel there is a lot of pressure. Um, you know, you hear women say all the time, you know, it's hard to find a man. But yet when a good man comes along, um, it's like they aren't. It's like this is what you've been praying for. This is what you've been searching for. Now, here here I am. And it's like they just. I'm like, what, what do you want? You know? Um, so maybe a lot of times I think it has to do with um, being compared with the last person, with the last man that they were in the relationship for. Um, another thing I think, um, you know, having standards is great, but um, like Lamar was saying, it's like, there is no perfect man, you know, both man and woman have flaws. So it's about coming together and, and being able to make it work, you know? So I believe that's an important, important thing about it. Yes, RJ, did you have anything to say to that or what? I agree with both of the gentlemen, um, but I will say that it's easier to alleviate a lot of the stress on relationships if you know exactly what you want. So what I like to do is create a list of the things that I want in a relationship, what I will tolerate, what I will not tolerate. And so what, now when I go out there and I actually look for a relationship, I know exactly what I'm looking for. It's not just the girl with the big breasts and the big butt and all that type of stuff. I want an attractive woman, but it has to be deeper than that. So me knowing what I want makes all the difference, okay? It could, because understand this, if I sit up there and I date this one and date that one and date this one, I'd just be dating a whole bunch of women that I have no idea what I want. And each one could be wrong. And that's why each one doesn't last. Because I didn't know where I was going. Just like, just like with GPS in your car. If you set the GPS, you know exactly where you're going as opposed to not setting it and going somewhere you've never been before. I love it. You, you just kind of went into my next question because I was going to ask if y'all had a list because a lot of us, I know I did or whatever, and a lot of people, they have a list. They may not, they may not want to admit to it, you know, but they know they got a list. They got some things that's like, oh, no, that's it. You know, a lot of things are the physical thing and also with the mental or whatever. So uh, I know Andre already answered, but Lamar, do you have, uh, did you have a list, you know, of, as of, you know, what, what you wanted? Yeah, well, I'm saved now. So at the time, <laughs> I definitely had a worldly list, you know, body type. She, I'll be real. She had to be light skin because um, my generation and I'm 32. So like that Beyonce type, you know, foolishness that a lot of people used to believe in at the time. That's that's just was my mindset at the time I was young. But um, my mindset obviously has changed. You know, my wife is educated. We met in college. So for me, if I had to say what my list was, she had to be intelligent. She also had to be have some street um, wisdom. You know what I mean? Somebody who knows how to maneuver, not just in the business office, but also on the streets. Because let's be real. You know, you need to know how to talk to people in all different facets and places. And also, um, she really had to be loving. Um, you know, because I'll say me personally, I didn't grow up with... I felt like enough love in my household. So whoever I was desiring to marry, I wanted to make sure that they love on my kids. So that was like my list for me. Wow, Brian, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you have a list or are you still creating? Are you add to it, take it away? <laughs> yes, I do have a list. I have a vision board and um, 
where it's, you know, I believe in God for, you know, the kingdom wife. And there are certain qualities like, you know, of course, a woman who looks good, but more importantly, like a woman who allows me to minister to her, a woman who has, um, who, who I can have uh, patience and understanding, you know, it's not just her way or the highway, let's come together and, you know, come with understanding, you know, the Bible says, get wisdom and, and all that getting, get understanding, so, you know, and someone I can be best friends with, someone I can, you know, share my innermost parts of me with and it not be used against me, but we can come together and build and grow together. And um, so, yeah. I I love it. I love it. I like how, uh, Lamar, you talked about your parents. And I know for me, when I look at my parents, um, they have influenced my list or whatever, as you would say, they've influenced it a lot. There are a lot of things that I uh, look for in a man that I don't uh, probably want. Andre, is there something you wanted to say? I want to add to that because okay. he, hit on, he hit on something so powerful. What yeah, has yeah. changed a lot is the fact that we model our parents, okay? We only know exactly what we see. So if the parents are not in the home, you know, if dad, you know, is off somewhere hanging out with his friends instead of being home, if mom is out with her friends partying instead of being home, the kids are left to raise themselves. There's no communication. We sit up there and think we're communicating when we spend a half an hour at the dinner table talking and that's it. Meanwhile, the kids are spending six or seven hours in school and they got a thousand different people telling them different things against your one. So it's important to not just talk to the kids, but be the kind of person you want your children to be. Yes, and I think it's important um, because for those that may want to have children in the future, um, I, I know for me, and my, I'm going to speak for myself, I know that that's something that I look for in a man is that I want to raise up children that will be, that will help the next generation. Because I know a lot of people, they like, oh, their generation messed up. It's like, I don't believe in saying that because I, I don't feel like my whole generation is messed up. And I know there's some things that's like, we really need to pray for y'all. But I just feel like, you know, there's a way to be able to help them and to be able to help those children and, and teaching them the right way. You know the right way, so teach it. And not, don't just keep it for yourself, but teach it. And um, I know for me, when it comes to my list or the way that I would like for my, um, my future husband to be, there are things that are within my parents that I was like, there's some things that I liked and then there's some things I'm like, I don't think I would want that, you know, and um, I know for me, because I know my, my father, he's a pastor, and I see what they all have to go through, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want that, I don't, you know, I don't want it, now, I'm not saying that that may not happen, I'm just like, God, I'm just begging, please don't let that be my, please, please, you know, so there are certain things, maybe it's a, a profession, or maybe it's uh, certain qualities about them, or whatever uh, characteristics that you're just like, you know, what these are things that I don't want a part of it and you ask God about it and you just like, God, please, I'm begging you, please don't let this be a part of it. Um, so I would say when it comes to your parents, Brian, because I know I didn't really hear from you, did your parents influence your dating life or your um, your way of going about with talking to women? Um, of course, um, you know, my dad had, um, you know, his, his version of the right way to, you know, talk to women and, um, with with my mom, she didn't really say that much, but I learned a lot from my mom by what I saw. So, um, you know, whether knowingly or unknowingly, I definitely believe that, you know, what I learned and what I saw through my parents, like, definitely um, influenced, like, how I date and how I approach uh, dating. Yes. And, you know, learning from these different things, like how we said, we're learning with parents and learning how um, there may be some things they probably didn't talk about that they find out later. I know my parents were talking to me the other day about when they first got together and how it was very rough living in a house together when they were used to being, you know, single and doing whatever they want and coming home whenever they wanted. You know, it's very different, you know, or whatever. And that, that's why I say communication. You want to make sure that you're on one accord on what you believe in or what you think. So, with us, we talk about Christian dating. So do y'all think it's okay for you to date somebody who does not believe in God? Andre, you want to take it? 
Bible tells you to not be unequally yoked because light has nothing in common with darkness. Okay, so I don't believe in dating a woman that's not a Christian woman, period, under any circumstances. I don't care how good she looks. Okay, LaVar, how you feel about that? Um, now, the Bible also talks about even if they're not Christian, God will still accept the marriage um, based on the, the possibility that they will. It's a possibility they could get converted. Even if they're not, God will still allow the marriage. So me personally, I would personally, I agree with Andre. I would prefer a Christian. But, I mean, let's be real. Or I'll at least speak for me. I wasn't always saved. My wife was actually, at the time, she wasn't my wife. But she was saved. I wasn't. And then through my interaction with her, I got saved. So I would just tell anybody, obviously use wisdom and discernment. Um, but if you're living for Christ, you don't know who you can impact. So I wouldn't say necessarily limit your options. But as Andre said, I would make sure that they're at least striving for perfection in Christ. To, uh, okay, so do you think that when it comes to, because um, you were, you said that you weren't, you were not a Christian when you, when you first met your wife, is that what you're saying? You yep. say you weren't. Okay, do you think that it's okay for you to wait, like on the dating thing? Because there may be somebody you like, oh, I'm interested in them, but you know what? They don't believe in God. And it's like, you know what? Let me just be friends with them. Is that okay? Or do you feel like that's kind of dangerous, Lamar? Um, you no, know, honestly, I think if you're saying now, let's let's be clear on friends. We mean literally just friends. I'm just putting yeah, out literally just friends. Yeah, literally just friends. Yeah, because you know, not friends these days can mean a whole bunch of things. But I think it's fine if you know, because like I said, you know, me and my wife, we you know, her ministering to me about certain things. Again, I had went to church and stuff, but she was more foundationally sound in the Bible. And like I said, just from my interactions and watching her and even, you know, some of her leadership. And now I'm in leadership at that church. So it was just from her just setting the example for me is what converted me. It wasn't anything she forced on me. But imagine if she never had said, you know what, he's not all the way saved or whatever the case may be. We wouldn't be married now and I probably wouldn't be saved. So you just never know. Right. So you say be cautious with it, because I know there's some people who you're saved, but you may be a babe in Christ. And you know, you still got the weaknesses. You still trying to learn. So maybe um, somebody who's not saved may not be somebody you probably want to be friends with yet because you're probably not ready for that. But I think, you know, like how you said, making sure you have wisdom and making sure that you know uh, what you know, making sure that God is leading you in it. Cause God will tell you, no, you know, you're not ready for that. Or, you know, I would like for you to just talk to them and minister to them. This could be a way for you to bring somebody to God and you might get a, a, a wife out of it too. And that's kind of, you know, some people, they have that story. Um, Brian, do you, uh, I want to ask you a question when it comes to your relationship with God, are you okay? Uh, you, I believe that you have a good relationship with him. Are you okay with being somebody who may be a babe in Christ or may not be as strong, um, may not have as strong of a relationship with God um, like you? Is that okay? Yeah, I believe everyone's at different levels in the relationship with God, but um, just like how every, every successful math equation has a common denominator, so it's okay if you're a babe in Christ, but we need to have a common denominator, which is which is God, which is the same beliefs. You know, I'm I can't be a Christian and they be a Muslim or they be a Hindu or something. It's like we need the common denominator, which is God. And then whether you're a babe or not, we have God as a foundation. So then we could begin to build on on that. I love the way you explained it. That was awesome. Andre, what, what, can you say something to that? I loved exactly what he said, okay? Because there are some atheists out there that no matter what you say to them, they're not going to want to believe in God. They'll believe in aliens that they haven't seen quicker than they'll believe in God. So I agree with him on that. I would say, and, and to add to the friends thing, I would say if they weren't, if they weren't uh, Christians, we could be, we could still be friends. I'm not going to shut you off, but as far as the dating and what I'm, what I'm dating, I'm thinking about marriage. Okay. Cause it's a step-by-step -step process. So if we're, if we're friends and you're not, and you're an atheist or whatever, and we begin to date. We, I had already talked to you about Christ, 
and you already converted before I started dating you. And then we would build from there. But I'm not dating you and you're an atheist because why would I be dating you? What is the purpose of me dating you? Me dating you is to be to find a wife. If you're not qualified to be my wife, then why would I be dating you? I see your point because right now uh, a lot in my uh, dating world right now is that a lot of people they date for fun they're like oh yeah we're just having fun right now that's that's it you know I didn't see any future in mind or whatever which is very um, annoying because it's just like you know like you just think you know yeah this is you know we're supposed to be going we're supposed to be thinking about marriage or you know and if some people don't think about marriage they feel like you know it should just be a fun thing thinking the moment they don't think about the future so as a christian because i know it's different from a worldview so we're talking about christian dating here um do y'all think it's okay for you to um to date without intent to date just for fun like oh i'm just we're just having fun together um anybody can take this way anyone could jump in who wants to answer that one say what you feel Anybody? Brian? Oh, oh, Lamar. Um, I don't think if pretty much if they're not dating with intent, then it is just you being friends. Um, so that's that's what it is with that. But um, I think definitely if you're really serious, and I think that if we're really talking about preparing for marriage, then we need to use the correct term of courting. I know people don't use the word courting no more, but that's pretty much what it is, and you should really be spending that time to know each other. Um, then the next step would be, you know, learning about their family history, so on and so forth. And then if you're really at that next step where you want to get married, then that's when you need to sit down with one of you guys' leadership, um, you know, to kind of go through the marriage counseling process to really start working out those kinks before you get married. Now, obviously you're not going to work everything out, but at least you're starting to build that foundation of what to expect in marriage. So I think everything should be intentional. Yes. Do you think that we should be calling it courting or uh, dating with intent or that we shouldn't just say dating? Because I know dating can, I feel like in the world that that can mean a lot of different things, you know, and they got these different things like the talking stage and the dating stage and then this stage. And it's just, it's really annoying. It's just a lot to keep up with. So do you feel like we should be caught uh, us as Christians? We should just say that we're courting or should we say that we're dating with intent or do you just, or do you feel like you should just go with the flow and you all figure that out yourselves? Or what do you think about that? Lamar? Um, to be transparent with you, I feel like the part of the problem in Christianity is that we keep changing things and everybody's confused. So I think me personally, we should just call it courting. So that way, who um, the children who are believers, you know, um, they understand exactly what we're talking about. Because like you said, if I call it dating, that's open for interpretation in a whole bunch of ways. So if we call it courting and we teach the foundation behind what it really means, um, according to God's word, that would alleviate a lot of confusion. Yeah. Andre, can you say something to that? What What do you feel about that? Or is it that's... I mean, I agree with it. He hit it on the nose. <laughs> There's nothing really to add to that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's important. What, uh, huh? I'm sorry? I'm sorry? I think it's important to date with intent. Right. Right. I, um, one thing that I appreciate now is um, what is it? People who are direct men who tell me exactly what they want. That is something that I appreciate. Before I would have been like, no, well, it's just, you know, it's a game and, you know, that's like very childish, you know, play the little games and stuff. It's like, no, tell me exactly what you want. So I know if I need to go or if I need to stay or if I need to kind of put you on hold and, you know, maybe just ask God about like, God, I don't know about this one. But, you know, like I want to know exactly what you want and what you want in the end. Um, we're going to move on a little bit. So I want to go with, um, I want to talk about abstinence. I want to go into this. Now, I know that people, they have their different views and some people, they are not practicing, they don't practice abstinence during dating, but we're going to talk about those that are, um, that are trying to practice um, abstinence and waiting until marriage to um, have sex. So uh, my first question is, how is sex view now? Um, and you could give the world's view and you could give the church's view right now of sex. Um, Brian, you can go ahead and take this one. Um, I feel um, in its original state, um, sex was intended to be a 
beautiful thing, but um, unfortunately the world has taken it and um, has tried to devalue it. And it's, it's real sad because it's not the world's institution. Um, it's God's institution, but you know, all it takes is one drop of food coloring to change the whole color of the water in a pitcher. And, um, you know, I believe we really have to be intentional about um, reclaiming what's rightfully, um, you know, that it is God's institution. So you can't, it's like, um, it's like in the entertainment industry, there's, there's copyright laws and you can't take something that someone else and reconfigure it without their approval. So it's like, how can you take marriage and try to reconfigure it when you're not the one who created it in the first place. You are amazing at explaining stuff. I love it. I love it. Andre, can you talk to me about that? How do you think the world view sets versus how the church view sets right now in 2021? 2021 is <laughs> it's like uh it's a free-for-all, basically. <laughs> you know, the church tells you to wait until marriage. That's what you're supposed to do as a Christian. Now, does that happen? No. This is why the Bible tells you to, if you can't control yourself, that you should find a wife. So that what that basically means is you should be dating with intent to find a wife. People don't do that, okay? They forget that part that the Bible tells you, if you cannot control yourself, you should be married. So how do you get married? You can't get married without dating with intent. And that's what we don't do today. That's why you have kids growing up without fathers, you know, uh, single mothers, all types of stuff, because people not dating with intent. They didn't plan to marry. They were just having fun. And what you have now is a child that I don't think he's having too much fun growing up without a father. Mm, mm. You, you said some stuff there. You did. You did. Uh, Lamar, can you? OK, I want to ask you something. So when it comes to the world, the world's view right now sets in how they're dealing with it versus how the church is viewing it and how they talk about it. What are some things that you think are right with with uh with the way that the world talks about sex or the way that they deal with it are there any things that you think that maybe the church can take from the world uh, to be honest with you no not really um i work in the school to be honest with you the way it's kind of taught just as long as you wear protection it's cool and don't get me wrong i mean i'm not condoning it but i'm saying at least protection is a preventative measure but if i would say that if anything but besides that there's really nothing from the world i would suggest that really um that we could take from there because a lot of it is just teaching our kids as andre says just a free-for-all to do whatever it is you want with whoever and just accept the consequence you know abort abort the kid if possible um it's, it's just not a good sign so that's my opinion yeah and um, I want to talk about because I know for the females perspective, when it comes to women, you know, you're supposed to keep yourself, you know, and we're just like, you know, if you do lose your virginity, you're like horrible, disgusting, like, whoa, you know, God has to really just, you know, and they're really torn down. I know for the females perspective, but I want to hear from the males perspective. Do you all feel pressure to lose your virginity? I know y'all had the world's view and the churches for those y'all who may have grown up in church, you know, you may have both or whatever. Did you all feel pressure to lose your virginity, um, you know, right away? Or did you not feel any pressure? Did the, um, did you feel like you could take your time? Um, Andre, you want to go ahead and take this one? There was pressure. There were people that um, were having sex all the time. I always tell people this story about the guy I grew up with in high school. He was 17 years old and he had 17 children. I'm glad I met him because he, <laughs> taught, he taught me the reason why I was abstaining. <laughs> so I didn't have my first child until I was 25 and I was married. So we're not doing all of that. <laughs> Yeah. 
So, Brian, did you feel, uh, do you feel pressure? Um, do you feel like the world, uh, whether it's the world of the church, I mean, because sometimes people in the church can, I mean, that's a whole different thing, but, you know, sometimes people in the church, you know, they, they in church, but they still, you know, it's just the world, you know, they still got the world view of, you know, sets or whatever. So did you, uh, do you feel pressure when it comes to losing your virginity or whatever? Um, at the time and, um, you know, in high school, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of pressure and the church, there was, okay, people in the church, you know, especially back in the, um, in the nineties would always say, you know, abstain, 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 but, you know, I feel they didn't go deep. Okay. You say abstain, but what does that look like? How do you do that? You know, it's easy to say it, but show me give me something applicable as, you know, how I could walk this thing out, you know, but um, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And we're going to, um, I know you mentioned the church and I, I, I want to get into it right now, but I was like, I'm going to wait because I'm going to wait with everybody when we have the women and the men together, because that's going to be a big part that everybody's kind of waiting on the conversation. Like how has church dealt with this subject? Well, we're going to hold off on it. We're going to hold off on it. Um, What do y'all think about the, um, about abstinence and when you're um, practicing this, not like how we said, not all Christians are practicing abstinence. Not all of them are uh, waiting until marriage or, you know, doing whatever. So when do you feel like this should be mentioned? When do you feel like you need to tell your part of uh, your dating partner or whatever that you are practicing abstinence or should it be before you all start dating? Um, Lamar, what do you think? Um, I would say, I mean, I'm going to be real. Definitely, like, the second time y'all have a conversation. Because, I mean, let's be real. You don't really know somebody the first time. I wouldn't necessarily go into all my personal business, even though abstinence is not really anything. It is personal, but I just feel like that's kind of a... If I'm really taking you serious, then I'm going to have that conversation with you the second time. Because the first time, maybe just getting to know you, fill you out. But after that, definitely by that next conversation, like, look, this is my standards. We're not doing anything um, in, until we're married or, you know, obviously we get to that point. So, you know, there won't be any type of engagements with that. But I think also, too, the key is um, Brian brought up a good point about, like, teaching how to actually stay in that, that point of not having sex. Um, the biggest thing for me, and I'll say this, was... Finding a hobby. I'm going to be real with you. I mean, the Holy Spirit, too, but definitely working out, making sure I'm not watching stuff that's going to arouse me. I mean, I'm just going to be honest, staying from certain situations. So. I I like that. Um, Andre, can you help me? Um, there are people who who are practicing abstinence. They mentioned this, but they didn't set any boundaries. They didn't say they just said, oh, yeah, we're both going to they agreed. OK, we're both going to practice abstinence, but they always find themselves in uh positions or you know situations where um it's like oh man we about to about to mess up so how what do you all um how can they have that conversation about having boundaries or whatever how should that conversation go um when it comes to trying to um remain abstinent well i agree with the, what the gentleman said you know you have to uh speak to that in the very beginning nip nip things in the bud let people know where you stand from the very start. Let people know, you know, your intentions from the very start. And uh, don't don't be caught alone. When you go out, go to places where there's a crowd, the movies, dinner, things like that. Don't take her back to your house. And there's a, a Netflix and chill, and nobody's home, and then things happen. Uh huh. <laughs> I think that's funny. She said, my, my father, he was just talking about this on a Bible study night. He was like, make sure, you know, you tell my, yeah, he, she was just coming over to, you know, we just going to do Bible study and, you know, end up studying something else. And that's just not, you got to make sure you watch out for sure. Be, be real with yourself. You know that there's some things that, you know, may cause you to go there. So be real, be real. I think that's the main thing is just be real about it. Um, what are some mistakes that you feel that Christian men are making? And then we're going to ask about women, but we're going to first start off with men. What are some, um, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Brian, did you have something? Um, on that note, I just wanted to say, um, 
I, you know, being honest and upfront, you know, is, um, is definitely important as far as boundaries. And, you know, if I'm dating a, a woman, you know, I'll let her know upfront. It may sound silly, but I have a rule that I don't talk to women on the phone after 10 at night, you know, not because of them. It's just because I know me, I've been with me all my life and I know the later it gets, how my mind is. So I try to, you know, hold off on making important decisions to the morning. And I, you know, if it's after 10, that's not the best time to be talking to the opposite sex because, you know, nothing against the other person. But again, I know me. I know how my mind is. And um, yeah. And not a lot of people are uh, willing to admit that. Not a lot of people are willing to admit that, you know, they're I'm like, no, we just talking, you know, we just friends, you know. And then that whole thing of, you know, we just friends, you know how you you know so you have to be real for sure i i definitely agree uh when it comes to men though what are some uh christian men specifically what are uh what are mistakes that you think that christian men are making right now uh when it comes to dating i'm going to ask for women next but uh right now men what are some things that they are doing that you're like we really need to get better or you know whatever so um i'm gonna have andre if you want to jump in there i believe that uh, Christian men need to first analyze themselves as on a whole. Know yourself, know your limitations, be good to yourself. If you can't be good to yourself, how can you be good to anyone else? So I believe that as Christian men, we have to, in order to lead, you have to be able to, you know, know yourself for one thing, and know your limitations, period. Know who you are. Just like it's like the guy said, uh, you know, he doesn't call after 10. Why? Because he knows himself. So you eliminate the issues. Uh Lamar, what do you think? Um, he brought out uh, some good points. I definitely need to analyze myself, but I would definitely say um three things accountability um and we get our accountability from god so i think christian men need to spend more time in the word first knowing it for themselves what are we supposed to be doing because there's a lot of people telling us what we're supposed to be doing but if we would just read it for ourselves we would know um i think too teaching if i know i should be teaching uh the young men in my church or whoever i should be showing them how to do this how this looks answering their questions because i feel like sometimes in church like let's be honest we shy away from talking about these things but these are the problems that we need to actually speak on and then the last one i would just say actually just being that example um you know for me personally it just well i'm at the church i'm at now they were a good example of what it looks like but i ain't gonna lie some of the churches that i have been to growing up in a church um or i didn't grow up in a church but just some of the churches i experienced in my youth i saw some bad examples you know what i mean of you know, what not to do. But at the time, I didn't know that. So really just being that example, I would say for me too. Um, Brian, did you have any more mistakes that you feel like men, um, Christian men are doing right now in dating that they need to change? I, um, I just think it's important to um, know where you stand and to know like where your mind is. So basically, you know, I think knowing where you are um, King David was at the wrong place at the wrong time, which caused him to see something he shouldn't have had. If I, you know, if he was in battle instead of chilling on the rooftop, he wouldn't have seen Bathsheba in the first place. And so some things can be avoided, but we have to know like where we are. And that's like going back to uh, what they're saying is being, being real with yourself, you know, um, you shouldn't have to fake the funk with yourself, but being real and being transparent and honest with yourself and knowing like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Am I in alignment with, you know, where I need to be, you know, physically, geographically, spiritually, and then uh, going from there. So it takes a lot of um, peeling back some layers, you know, and being real with yourself. Yes, I like it. Now, I know y'all talked about men, so let's talk about the women. Um, I don't want y'all to, you know, but don't go too far. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, but just say uh, some things that you feel like Christian women, there are some mistakes that they have when they go into dating or they're in the dating process that you feel like y'all need to get this together. Um, 
I'm gonna have Brian. Why don't you go to go first? Um, some things in regards to Christian women. Um, I think a big thing is I'm not comparing who I am to who you last dealt with. Cause then it's like, instead of being able to enjoy getting to learn someone new in the back of your mind, you're always looking for them to mess up or to do something wrong based on how the previous, and I'm not the previous man, I'm me. So it's like, give, give me a fighting chance, you know? So I think that, um, you know, I always tell people there's a reason why the rear mirror is much smaller than the windshield. Although what's in your rear view mirror may be great, what's in your windshield is, is much greater. So, you know, here I am, look at me, you know, see what I have to offer. I love that. I love it. Uh, Andre, you, did you want to say something today? Can I say you? <laughs> I loved what he said because women constantly make that comparison. Let's face facts. They bring luggage from the, from the last relationship. The last man hurt them. So they think every man is like him, but, but they're not. So you have to give each man, treat each person as an individual. Give me my shot. Don't blame me for what the last guy did. You know, I would say you can't dress the same way for Alaska that you would dress for Miami. They're two different places. You bring two different types of luggage to these places. You have to treat each individual just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar, did you have anything else you want, uh, any other things that you feel like women need to get better at, these Christian women? Well, I appreciate my, my older brothers in Christ, man. Y'all dropping some nuggets. And I like the, the windshield and the uh, and the luggage. I'm gonna definitely use that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, really, I would say pretty much, in my opinion, what they're describing is accurate. It's pretty much, you know, not dealing with your hurts and traumas that happened before I came. And as a result, now, you know, you just a bomb waiting to explode on every little thing. And like you said, it's just like the gentleman said, it's just like triggering those things that happened in the past. But I will also say the biggest thing for Christian women, I think, in my opinion, they should work on is their communication. Um, and I know that the women in our church um, have been kind of working on that. Um, because that's a big thing. You know, we don't need all the attitude all the time. We don't need all the negativity and complaining. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody has their moments. So I'm not expecting any, anybody to be perfect, but I think, you know, women need to talk like you need to honor your husband. You need to be respectful. You know, you don't need to talk to him crazy or, you know, even embarrass him in public, you know, with some of the things that you may be saying or even your actions. So just really that communication piece, I think is, is a valuable tool. Um, and the Bible talks about it, it's power in the tongue. So just imagine, you know, a woman that's constantly um, being disrespectful to her husband, how much that's weighing on him and, you know, making him maybe want to leave. So yeah, it's important what you say out your mouth. Yes. Now, this next question is a bit. Um, this may cause a little ruffle, a couple of feathers. So do you all feel that there is more required of a woman than a man or a man of a woman? Which one do you think of they require more of, um, like during the dating process? Do you feel like there's more required of a woman during the dating process? Or do you feel like there's uh, more required of a man during the dating process? Please take a time. I don't want you to, you know. But, Andre, I, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. <laughs> what do you feel? I, you know, to me, I believe that both couples should bring something to the table, period. I don't believe that one should be here, the other one be down here, no. God took Eve from Adam's rib to be by his side, not in back of him, not in front of him or anything else. Okay, so what I consider a relationship, if I'm going to be taking if I'm, if I'm working and she's working and we have a home together, why is it that she's doing cooking, cleaning, helping the kids with homework, and I'm sitting back watching a football game? If we both have jobs, why she come home and have a second job? 
I feel that's just the man's responsibility to help her out, to, to split the, the work, help cook, help clean, help the child with the homework. There's nothing wrong with you doing that, but a lot of men don't. Mm. So you feel like it should be equal. You feel like it's equal. Uh, yes. So, okay, okay. Uh, Lamar, what do you think? I agree with him. Um, I got a four-year-old son, so I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, come from work, straight home. You know, I'm in daddy mode now, so I, I completely agree with him. Um, there is nothing, for the most part, a man should be doing. Um, that uh no, there is nothing that a woman is doing that a man can't necessarily help out with. Um, you know, you should be stepping in there cleaning. It's both of you guys' house. Um, the only thing I would say is just you know, obviously the Bible talks about a man leading this household. You know, as like a pastor. So that's not to say he dominates his wife, but the man should have some type of authority in this household. You know what I mean? And that's in conjunction, as he said, with like Adam and Eve, with her being by the side. So I would say just simply, you know, make sure you're communicating with your spouse before any decision are made that's something that we're big on in my household ultimately you know my wife and I, she'll have no problem with me saying this ultimately if we come to a disagreement or i feel like it's totally off or you know she will respect my authority in the household to say you know what my husband doesn't agree with that we've talked about it respectfully he's heard my side and i heard his side and he's saying no then she's cool with that but it's not and just to clarify it's not me dominating i'm me just running her if I say no, like, and I'm not hearing her out, it's not that type of thing. It's more so us working together. But God said, it's God, then it's, then it's the husband. That's the next in order. So, and she respects that. I love that. I love it. That's awesome. And I feel like you just gave some great advice to people who may not, who may be uh, struggling to understand what it means for a man to take over the household and that they're supposed to be over it. They're like, I don't really know what that means. And some people, they do it in a very negative way. And then some people, they don't, they don't do it at all because they don't know. So I think that was amazing. Um, Brian, what do you feel? Do you feel like there's more pressure on the woman or more pressure on the man? Or do you feel like it's pretty equal right now in dating and 2021 do you feel like there's what do you feel i definitely feel like um you know it should be um equal there is no i and team and um and you know whatever i think it's both people coming together and find out what they're good at okay this person may be good with finances this person may be good at um certain things around the house so it's coming together and bringing what you're good at and making it work, you know, um, in the sports world, championships are never but won by one person. You can have the greatest quarterback in the world, but what good is the greatest quarterback without anyone to catch the ball? So, you know, it takes a quarterback and a receiver and then coming together and working together and um, using their strengths for a common desired result. And um, it, it goes the same in, in a marriage and in a household. Yes, come through with these examples and analogies. I'm loving it. I, I'm all here for it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> y'all are talking about some great things. We're going to go ahead and move on to segment three. Uh, real quick, as y'all know from my audience, y'all know that right now our monthly declaration is of creating, you know, new connections and networking and stuff. So our monthly declaration for... Um, September is, I declare that this month I will make new godly connections with others. I will, with the help of God, build a circle of people that can add value to my life and support me while I make sure to do the same for others. So I would like for each person um, to tell me, what are you doing now as a man to better um, your romantic relationship? Uh, or your romantic life because I know some people are married some people are not so what are you doing right now in your romantic life to better yourself uh Brian you can go first um for me I believe in um preparing myself you know as I mentioned earlier I can't expect the best if I'm not the best and also um I've learned a lot that it's a lot about um, coming to the table with understanding. I can't protect something I don't understand. I can't protect something I don't understand. So if it's my role to protect my wife, I have to know and understand her love language. I have to understand how she loves and what hurts her, what 
builds her up so I can protect her and pour into her. And so um, understanding is key and just learning to come to the table, um, you know, in, in study mode, because I have to study how things work, just how you, you know, how you study how a car works before you drive it. You study how something is done before using it. Well, if I'm to abide with my love, you know, I need to come with understanding because that's a, a, that's a big part, you know, for instance, if, if her love language isn't bowling, why am I getting her a bowling ball for Christmas? So it's, it's all about knowing how, how she walks and being able to walk alongside and help her, you know, if she's falling to the left, I shouldn't be reaching to my right with my hand out. I should be re reaching for my left. So just being, being attentive, I think. So being attentive, would you, uh, is something that you're working on? I mean, uh, something that you try to better in your romantic life, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I believe that uh, that's important. It's not just about what I like, where I like to go eat, but um, learning what she likes and surprising her and, um, you know, just um, tapping into that emotional side that you men can be emotions, you know, God has given us all emotions and being able to use that and and show her love, you know, what love uh, looks like, just as God continually shows me, you know. I love that. I think that's amazing. I, th I feel like women out there are going to love to hear that. That's great that somebody out there is trying to be more attentive. Um, <laughs> Lamar, what are you doing right now? You're I know you're married. So in your, um, you would say like in your marriage, in your uh, romantic life, what are you trying to uh, do better? Um, I think for me at this point in our marriage, um, we're really just trying to get back to the simple things, you know, before we had a kid and all that other stuff. And even when we were kind of courting, right, just having fun, just enjoying each other's company, um, just, you know, really telling each other that we love each other. It's those simple things. I think sometimes when we get caught up in the ministry, work, children, so on and so forth, we get so busy. Sometimes we don't do those little things that really make a difference, um, especially when you do it consistently. So I think for us, that's our biggest thing right now, just getting back to really enjoying each other, relearning each other, you know, because obviously we've grown. Um, me and my wife have been married seven years next month, but we've known each other for like 12 years. So, you know, obviously 12 years we've changed. So, you know, just really trying to get to learn each other and see where we are now and just enjoy each other, have fun. I love that. I love that. Andre, what are you trying to do to better your romantic life? Well, one thing I always tell people is that maintenance is extremely important in the relationship. So that's what I always try to do. I try to remember what I did to get the woman and continue to do the things that she likes, communicate a whole, a whole lot more because what she likes today may not be what she likes tomorrow because what she saw the other day only was because she never saw something else. You understand? If she goes and talks to her friend, her friend tells her, oh, you know, my man is doing this, this, and that, and you're not doing it, then now she wants something totally different than what she originally told you. So that's why the communication part is extremely important. So yes, I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, y'all had some great things that I feel like y'all could even, um, that I hopefully other people are doing as well. Uh, we're drawing towards the end of the episode. Y'all uh, y'all have shared some great, great things. So before we go, I would like for you all to leave a piece of advice for those people out there, uh, those men that may be struggling. Uh, we got people, uh, there may be some men who are married, some that are single, some that are uh, divorced, some that are uh, don't know what they want to do right now. They're just like, oh, I don't want to do nothing. But uh, I would like for you all to share like just a brief, um, like one sentence, if you will, like some advice for them to be able to follow um, that they may need help in or just something that they can go home with. So, um, Andre, if you would like to go first. Andre. You froze. Yes. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So if you can give a piece of advice for the uh for men out there who are um for their romantic life. And there uh there are people in all different stages, whether they're married, dating, whatever it is, just a piece of advice, um, one sentence, just something that they can um uh, follow for right now. 
communication. That's the most important thing. Find out what she likes, her dislikes, all that type of stuff. Don't go and try to spend a whole bunch of money right off trying to impress her. I tell people, you know, if you go, if you take out to a seafood restaurant and because you think you're balling or whatever, trying to spend all this money, then you took her to the seafood restaurant. She didn't enjoy it because she's allergic to seafood. So you wasted money doing nothing because you didn't communicate. Communication is so important. I love that. Um, Brian, what is your advice? I would say in the same way how when reading a book, you don't judge a whole book based on one bad chapter. Likewise, if you've had a bad experience or um, a bad relationship in the past, um, not to let that, you know, kill your hopes just to learn from that, extract the nutrients and the lessons from that and become a better you and, um, you know, protect and build up your expectation and, and keep going and it will, it will get better, you know. I love that. Good, good. Oh, Lamar, what is something that people, uh, something for the men out there to do? Um, I would simply just put it, whatever you put your value at is what you will get back. So, you know, if you're, if you're trying to really find a wife or, you know, somebody that you want to be with, then you need to have that value on yourself and have that integrity. And thus you will get that back. If you're not putting that out there and you're not working, you're not sowing those seeds of, you know, Christ and, you know, all facets of your life, you are not going to get that back. You know, so whatever you put out there, you know, is what you're going to get back. Yes, I, I think you all gave some great advice for those people out there, those men who may need some help. And I and I feel like from all of these, um, women can take as well, for sure, for everybody, I think. Um, so this is some great, great advice. You all did an amazing job um, explaining your views and explaining your, um, your feelings towards dating right now in 2021, because it is hard out here um so i'm glad that you all are talking I'm, i pray that people are blessed by this episode this can help people to think more to uh to talk to god more and to be able to understand dating and, uh, uh, and that their romantic lives will become better become stronger and more godly if you will so um before we go i want everyone to be able to follow you guys and they're wondering where where are they where can i find them so um lamar can you let people know where to find you uh you can say a little bit about who you are if you're um you know, about your podcast or whatever. I don't want to say too much, but yes, where can they find you? All right. So again, I'm Lamar. You can actually find me on Instagram. I also have my own Christian podcast called at the Marty Mars show. So the other guests on here and our hosts, if I reach out to you, it's because you're going to be on. So again, you can follow, follow me on Instagram at the Marty Mars show. Also on YouTube, my episodes are recorded as well. Again, at the Marty Mars show. Um, and that's how you guys can follow me. Yes, Brian. Okay. I'm Brian uh, Porter. I can be found on um, Facebook, Brian David Porter. I'm a, um, also a, for a podcaster as well, Brian's Place on Spotify and YouTube, and um, just released a book based on the first season of the podcast, and um, also on Instagram as Brian Davy 888 and um, I'm here. Feel free to, to reach out. Yes. Good, good. Andre, let us know where to find you. Okay, I'm Andre A.J. Carter, also known as The Love Mechanic. You can find me on <laughs> Facebook or Instagram um, at Just Ask Dre. I, um, I'm the author of the manual, the relationship manual for men that's loved by women. I'm also coming out with two other books, The Ten Commandments, the 10 Love Commandments, that's one of my books. And um, Don't Regret What You Accept is the other one. Mm, 
okay. I got a little something for people to read. I got a couple books that y'all can go ahead and read some things to check out. Uh, I think that's amazing. Thank y'all so much, so much for being on today. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I pray that this, uh, I know it will bless somebody and somebody will learn something from this and make people think. And maybe, uh, and to spark a conversation, we're hoping, spark conversations. That's what my whole podcast, that's one of the things that I want to do is spark conversations and make people want to talk and like understand things better. So yes, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you, audience, for joining me. Um, this is, uh, what is it? part three of the uh the destined relationship series so it's amazing and y'all have to make sure y'all are here next week we're gonna have the women on and we're gonna talk from the female perspective of christian dating um so make sure y'all um make sure y'all look out for that oh we are asking that you all please follow us on instagram at uh the destined life underscore you can also um subscribe to the destined life youtube channel um we also have a destined life facebook page and this podcast is available on all Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, Audible, and the Podbean app. So make sure you check out those and let people know about it, share it, and let other people know that uh, Best in Life is a great podcast. We just been talking about achieving the life that God is playing for us. Um, my name is Destiny Harris. I am your host, and I am reminding you to choose today to live your best life, and that's the Destiny Life. God bless you and enjoy your day. Bye.